I want to move from high history to the more mundane task of teaching what Faisal Dev Ji calls, and I quote, the intellectually impoverished field of Pakistani history, end of quote. And I think he used that phrase twice in that review, but you know, I, I didn't go back to check. Hence, I suppose it is um, befitting for him to hold this workshop entitled An Intellectual History of Pakistan, which is perhaps even more impoverished than the larger field of Pakistani history. This is despite the fact that uh, Pakistani history or Pakistan studies, as it is called at, uh, in, in Pakistan, is a compulsory subject taught at high school level, O levels, and at intermediate level. Uh, you can't graduate, you can't go to university, college without doing something called Islamiyat and Pakistan studies, which is sort of Pakistan history, sort of. Moreover, it is also a compulsory subject now at university level, where medical students, computer scientists, engineers, and budding social scientists are required to take a course called Pakistan history. Um, given the extensive presence of the subject called Pakistani history, uh, I want to look at some of the, the numerous problems of teaching Pakistani history in Pakistan, teaching Pakistani students their own history, and how we, many of us who work on Pakistan, Pakistani historians, can change it and what we can do about it. Mm. Uh, many things have already been said, some by Farzana, which uh, she gave an introduction about how history used to be, some by Yaqub um, and others. So this my it's not a paper or a presentation, but more a conversation, uh, which I'd like to have with historians here, which I've been having with Sara Ansari, Yaqub Bangash, Ali Usman, uh, Kasmi, Wazira Zamedar, Manan, Tahir Kamran, and a lot of others. This is an ongoing conversation which I've been having with uh, historians. Uh, uh, but the, the interesting, <coughs> the problem is particularly for those who teach history in Pakistan, not those who teach history at Oxford or you know, places like that. So it's a slightly <laughs> different uh, take. And I think that's something that I, 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 we can perhaps talk about a little later, what, what the difference is and what matters and what can be done uh, about rescuing Pakistani history. And in fact, this is an attempt to rescue Pakistani history uh, and teach it in a way where it is somewhat different from the way it is taught. And I'll, I, I'll talk about that a little bit. So th the history that is taught in Pakistan is about the history, the making of the Pakistani state, full stop. That's all it is. It's how the state came into being, whether it was a new Medina or an old one, or whether it was imagined differently, or whether it was a pack of cards, or whether it was a game of poker. It's all about the state of Pakistan being made. That's about all. So it's the entire history project, teaching, learning, uh, and research, rests largely has rested almost almost exclusively on that theme. How does Pakistan come into being? What is Pakistan going to be? Full stop. And, so, and I'll leave it at that because I'll come back to that a little later. Um, if one asks the question, and I always ask our, our students this, when does Pakistan come into being? And that's a very vague question, but an, I think an interesting question. When is it created? When does the idea of Pakistan come into existence? Mm. Aisha Jalal has a very interesting answer to that. She says, you know, Perhaps we don't have the right date, but at least we should get the century right. And I think she's, she's very correct about that, because this idea of when Pakistan comes into being, when it is created, 
is something that still causes a lot of anguish and concern to students at the university level, at the IBA, at Karachi University, where I teach, there are concerns about the when Pakistan comes into being. Aisha Jalal, in a paper, Conjuring Pakistan, History as Official Imagining, has some interesting quotes from what are called history books or textbooks for Pakistani students. And I'll just read a very, very short excerpt, excerpt from one of them. She says that this guy called M.G. Zafar, who's got a book called The Textbook of Pakistan, Pakistan Studies, writes that, and I quote, uh, and I'm quoting from Aisha Jalal in this, Pakistan came to be established for the first time when the Arabs under Muhammad bin Qasim occupied Sindh and Multan. By the 13th century, Pakistan had spread to include the whole of northern <laughs> India and Bengal, and then under the Khiljis, Pakistan moved further southwards to include a greater part of Central, Asia, uh, Central India and the Deccan. So this, the author continues and he writes, I mean, this is again from Aisha Jalal's paper, uh, he mentions Akbar's Dine Elahi and Sirindi's resistance to it and notes that the spirit of Pakistan asserted itself as uh, Sirindi opposed Akbar. And of course, under Aurangzeb, the Pakistan spirit gathered in strength and his death weakened the Pakistani spirit. <laughs> this is not uncommon. This is not an anomaly. This is not something that you, if you read the work of Ayesh Qureshi and others as well, it's either the Delhi Sultanate or 1857, mm. or certainly the Mughals. I mean, they are as Pakistani as Mohammed bin Qasim is. And we know that Mohammed bin Qasim is, of course, the first Pakistani citizen. Uh, and, the, and, and the Muslim identity continues after that. So the question when, when, when we ask when was Pakistan created is one which simply works around the theme that the Muslims are different from Hindus. That's the discourse which sort of sets them aside completely from this whole identity of Indians in the, in the 6th century, 8th century, or whatever, uh, people of that area, not Indians, people of that area, <coughs> culminating in a separate homeland. As a consequence, Pakistani history then ignores the history of the people who live in what was Pakistan prior to 1947 and what it is today. And the biggest problem is, of course, the two, three serious problems. One is, of course, what does one do with the Indus civilization? Is that 5,000 years of Pakistan's history, according to Sir Mortimer Wheeler, or is that uh, an anomaly because that is predates Islam? And if Pakistan's history is an Islamic history, uh, that completely does away with this whole notion of Mohenjo-Daro, Harappa, the Gandharan civilization. And that, while based in Pakistan, does not form this idea of a Pakistani history. Okay, so they were bad people because they were not Muslims. But what about the Baloch, the Sindhis, the Punjabis, the Pakhtuns, uh, the Hazaras, the, the, you know, the Saraikis, who all constituted this land called Pakistan, or parts of India, who, who became part of Pakistan. But their history is also not taught in Pakistan. I mean, uh, Ali Usman Qasim was telling me that he's one of the few people who teaches something called regional history. And I don't know why Punjab is a region when it's... Uh, it's sort of, it's Pakistan. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, presume, I presume a Punjab history is also considered a regional history, but I've never figured out why. But anyway, there's this idea that these histories of Pakistanis, of even after 1947, is largely the history of, sort of the generals, and we've had a few of them, and whatever's happened after that. So the history of Pakistan up to 1947 is largely the history of South Asian Muslims in India, in, 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 South, in South Asia, and uh, who, who constitute, um, and not the people who constituted the geographical space 
uh, which becomes Pakistan. And I think it's Faisal writes in his book, and others have also written about this idea of an ideological history of Pakistan and a territorial history of Pakistan. And I think that's a very important um, sort of distinction which needs to be made and something that needs to be corrected, which I'll talk about uh, in, a, in, in a minute. So Pakistan's history, the way it's taught, the way we study it, the way we teach it as well, most of us, is an, a Hindustani history of Pakistan. The migrants from North India, their old, their, their, their ancestors, or those who were maybe, I don't think anybody was related to Mr. Jinnah, but you know, uh, the, from the Mughals, from the Khiljis, from the Delhi Sultanate, right up to the UP and the new Medina, and, and consequently after that. So the history of Pakistan is about the migrants and from the minority provinces. And after that, it's the history of the migrants in Pakistan as they rule Pakistan, whether it's Liaquat Ali, whether it's um, Jinnah, and subsequently, you know, the, the, the indigenization of Pakistan, uh, the Punjabiization of Pakistan takes place, the West Pakistan uh, takes place uh, after that. Um, um, so once, this is, this is up to sort of the, uh, the 19th century, 20th century. Once politics begins to dominate undivided India in the 20th century, the Pakistan freedom movement, of course, and not the movement for independence from British colonialism for all Indian peoples, shapes the discourse more teleologically. Pakistani students don't learn about Nehru, Gandhi, uh, Bose, Ambedkar, or even, or should I say, especially Azad. Uh, they, they're completely <laughs> not mentioned, I mean, absent in this, this so-called freedom movement. The largest number of PhDs done in Pakistan in history are on something called the freedom movement, uh, whatever that is. Um, and if you ask Pakistani students what they mean by the freedom movement, they say it's the freedom from the Hindus. And that's why it's, com it's a completely re-orientation sort of, of the no nature of colonialism in, in, in what in how Pakistani uh, historians look at Pakistan. So while the freedom movement is against the Hindus and not against the British, because they do not exist, it's Mr. Jinnah, it's the freedom movement, the making of Pakistan, which completely ignores the larger relationship in, under which they were put. So this is another major sort of absence in, in Pakistani historiography, the way it is taught. Of course, there are exceptions and, and people here um, uh, I uh, have been writing about other things. So that's, these are some of the ways that the way the history of Pakistan <coughs> has been formulated. It's largely the making of the Pakistani state. Uh, and then, because it's a South Asian Muslim history, which happens to become, which becomes a prehistory of Pakistan, which then becomes the Muslim history of Pakistan, and then it, it sort of ignores the territorial space. And then even within the territorial space, it ignores the peoples of Pakistan who happen to be in Pakistan on 14th or 15th August 1947, and who continue to live there. So their history is completely blanked out. It doesn't exist. Um, the problem of teaching history to Pakistanis by trained historians in Pakistan has given rise to even more different uh, issues. While some academics claim that the state of social sciences in Pakistan has been dismal, the state of history in Pakistan has been particularly so. Interestingly, some decades ago, as Farzana mentioned a little while ago, some Pakistani historians were highly respected scholars doing archival research. But until very recently, and this is an important point we'll come to, until very recently, the absence of professional historians <coughs> with little research being done, and hence few conferences or seminars or academic journals exacerbates the problem with non-historians now teaching history. Uh, at uh, at the, the place where I teach in, uh, in Karachi, uh, Pakistan history is taught by 
people who've done international relations, political science, and drama. And when I asked, uh, <laughs> when I asked uh, this, uh, uh, this, this, when I asked this, uh, this wonderful person uh, who people in Karachi know, who, 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 uh, who, who taught drama, who studied drama, and now who taught a course in Pakistan's history, how he taught Pakistan's history. He said, well, I go and open the book, I read uh, from the O-level textbook, and I come and give a, a, give a lecture. So I asked him whether I could have a similar book and, treat, and teach drama. He said, no, you're not trained for that. <laughs> so that's, 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 that's the state of how easy it is to teach Pakistan's history. And that's why you have these problems. And um, I was talking to Noman earlier, and I asked him, you know, how many people, how many historians does your university have? And he said, there's one trained historian. There are others there who also are trained in anthropo uh, hist historical anthropology, historical sociology, and things like that, who also teach Pakistan. So she said, that's something we can talk about. I mean, I'd like to, uh, to teach drama, but yeah, I'm not, not, not competent <laughs> enough. Um, a few years ago, uh, the India Hist Indian History Congress uh, asked the uh, um, Indian High Commissioner to send five Pakistani historians to the Indian History Congress. I, I know this is about 10 years ago, 2004, five, at that time, 2005. Uh, he came up with five names. Two of them were sociologists, one was an anthropologist, one was a political scientist, and one was a historian who's done no history since his PhD, and Dr. Mubarak Ali, who writes uh, a very popular sort of, uh, I think it's called history, who writes a very popular history. So the problem then comes back to what uh, Faisal writes in his book, uh, the phrase that he uses, and I quote, he said, part of Pakistan's history lies outside its borders. And I think that's a fantastic phrase. And it sort of summarizes and causes a lot of problems and summarizes a lot of things. So if part of Pakistan's history lies outside its borders, then perhaps one can understand why we continue to teach South Asian Muslim history in Pakistan as a teleological prehistory of Pakistan. If Pakistan's history doesn't exist in Pakistan, if that's the claim that somebody makes, and I think that's you know, the way that I've sort of narrated uh, the way history is taught, one can understand that that, that exists, then th you're going to have a South Asian Muslim history. However, unless we locate Pakistani history in Pakistan, we are going to have this problem which is going to continue. It's going to be this sort of history that we've been doing. Hence, we need to rethink what Pakistani history is. I mean, I think the bigger question is, what is Pakistani history? I mean, that's, for me, that's the, the, the in, that's a, that's a, that's something that bothers me. That you know, I don't want to teach the freedom movement or Jinnah or, or, or Musharraf. I want to teach, I want to ask this question, what is Pakistani history? What can, how can we rethink Pakistani history? Uh, on the 20, I'll just end. On the 23rd of March, 1940, uh, when the Lahore Pakistan resolution was being discussed and finalized, there was a meeting which took place on the 22nd of March and on the 23rd of March. And Yaqut Ali Khan, who was present there, he told uh, the others uh, when they were debating this, he said, you know, don't worry just about the Muslim majority areas and uh, in the northwest and in the east. Uh, he said that we are going to claim areas, he was telling his Muslim minority uh, friends from the Muslim minority provinces, we are going to claim areas of Muslim culture like Delhi and Aligarh. Um, so unless we change the way we teach Pakistanis their own history, we can be sure that they're going to argue that the Taj Mahal is actually Pakistan. <laughs> Thank you very much.